listening into our message this morning. So go ahead, grab your Bibles, get your notebooks out, and get ready to hear a word from God. Don't you know Nadell wears a suit and tie? So I'm driving down to 61 in early July. Wide as a cotton field and sharp as a knife. I heard him howling as he passed me by. I heard him howling as he passed me by. Well, good morning, Restoration Church. How are you today? Man, a lot better than last week. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. It's so good to have you here. Uh, we're, we're joined together during this time by our online location and our Plymouth and Milton location. Will you welcome all of them? Tell them you're glad to, whatever, glad to see them at the next worship night or something. I'm glad to be with you. We're starting a new series of sermons today that will be going on for a couple of weeks, and it's called The Battle of the Unseen. And for many of us, the biggest battles, well, actually for all of us, the biggest battles we face in our life are not the ones we see, but actually the ones we do not see. And sometimes what we think is something going on in the natural is actually something that's going on unseen, something that's actually kind of supernatural. And we don't want that to be anything that you're afraid of or nervous of, uh, because it really isn't anything to be afraid of or nervous of, which you'll see as we talk through our message. It's just one of the things that goes, that happens as part of being life. Like, mice are a part of life if you live in the Northeast. If you're a homeowner, Raise your hand. All right, if you, uh, what I'm gonna talk about, uh, we'll talk about mice here for a second. If you have, uh, if you're a renter, this is something you gotta talk with your landlord about, and hopefully it's something that he'll deal with. But uh, as I've gotten older in life, uh, mice have become the most hated creature in my, just that exists in the world. Um, maybe for you it's spiders or snakes or in-laws, but for me, <laughs> it's mice. About 10 years ago, I bought a new car, and um, when I got home and I was going through it, I discovered that there was a rat's, or a mice nest in the airbox, and so quickly evicted them. And then I discovered last week that mice tried to move into my truck. Like I had left my truck parked for a couple of days um, while I was uh, gone away for a meeting a few weeks ago, and when I came back, they were trying to live in my truck. That infuriates me. It makes me so angry. And you're like, but mice are cute. But mice pee and poop all over everything, and they destroy anything they can. You think about their cute little buck teeth. No, those are attack precision weapons designed. (laughs) And if you think about it, I mean, theologically, if you study back to the Garden of Eden, mice didn't do that, all right? So this is something that's come from sin, something that comes from the devil. Not only am I committed to pastoring for the rest of my life, but I'm going to spend the latter half of my life breeding and training Maine Coon cats. Now, some of you aren't familiar with the breed of cats um, that are Maine Coon cats, but they're like Siamese or Persian cats. They have Maine Coon cat. These are very large, ferocious beasts that some people have in their homes. 
I'm gonna train them. Now, a lot of people don't have them in this area because you have to feed them chihuahuas, but they are, <laughs> they are a large feline. And I'm not just gonna have them for pets. No, they're gonna have like those spike collars. And I'm gonna train them on command. I'm gonna, I mean, this is gonna probably, I'm gonna do my PhD on this. They are going to, we're just gonna rule the Northeast. People are gonna hire us to come in, like from New York City, they'll be having us come in um, to just eviscerate the rat population in New York City. I mean, I'm committed to this. Thank you for backing me on this. And, uh, and I thank you. Now, the thing about mice, and, uh, and we'll connect this to scripture here, but I, I just need to paint a picture for you. The thing about mice, and the, one of the reasons that they're so horrible is that if you hear them in your walls, they, what you can know is, like, they're not playing. It's not like Five goes west. Um, no, it's like a wild, wild west. They are destroying everything. And, and they're, you don't, they're chewing wires, they're chewing insulation, they're, and uh, it's nonstop spreading disease. I mean, <laughs> bad news. And this is the time of year where they start moving into your vehicles, moving into your lawnmowers, moving into your attics and your house and your walls. And uh, breathe deep. <laughs> they, uh, it's just nonstop. And the thing that's probably worst about it, if you see one, I mean, there's probably hundreds that you don't see. Within two to three months time of life, so a mouse that's two months old or three months old it already has grandchildren. They just are breeding, <laughs> just, just nonstop. By the way, Alberta is the only place in the world that doesn't have rats. Just throw that out there for you. We're gonna, we're gonna all move there. Um, <laughs> when you're dealing with a rodent infestation, so if you see a mouse this week on your stove or in your yard or in your kid's uh, aquarium, you need to deal with that immediately because any hesitation is another opportunity for, for rodents of any kind, whether it's mice or rats or squirrels, for them to get a better foothold in your home or your property. The longer you wait, the more there will be and the harder it will be to get rid of them. This is what spiritual warfare is. We're talking about the battle of the unseen. We're gonna talk about spiritual warfare which is something that is, is probably language that comes loaded, all right? Because when I say spiritual warfare, you may think of some, you may immediately be like, uh-oh, it's about to get kooky in here, and um, which shouldn't, shouldn't, have, shouldn't have that baggage with that wordage. When I think about spiritual warfare, I think through in my life, I think through in my life of, decade after decade after decade of ladies with perms who grit their teeth and talk about spiritual warfare. <laughs> That's what I think about. That's the baggage that comes with me. I mean, I don't know if you grew up in church, you, I mean, you know that. I mean, across multiple states, I can think about the lady in Tennessee. I can think about the lady in Rhode Island. I can think about the lady in Vermont. I can think about the lady in Texas. And uh, it's just part of the baggage of that word. I want to eliminate that because sometimes when we talk about something in church that has baggage with it, our response is not to talk about it anymore. Say, well, that's kind of weird. Let's not talk about it. But if we 
just ignore this, the Bible, if we ignore scripture because of experiences that we've had with other people who are, who are honestly, have good, most of them have good intentions and are just trying to follow Jesus, all right? They're just trying to follow Jesus. And we end up, if we just ignore anything that could be kooky or that has maybe some kooky people around it, then we end up missing something very, very important. The spiritual warfare is the steady, relentless attempt of the enemy to infiltrate your, to infiltrate your life, just like mice. They are nonstop. You'll, you'll never win. That's, mice are not the enemy. You'll win against the enemy. Mice, we have, there's no hope. But <laughs> the way that mice are relentlessly trying to move into your vehicles, move into your house, just nonstop, that is how the enemy is. He's relentlessly trying to find a path and a way into your life. And you can think, um, well, I don't really have any large gaps in my life. I, you know, we don't leave our front door open and we don't leave food on the counter. But a mouse just needs uh, a hole in your house the size of a pencil eraser to get in and find a way in. And the enemy is pretty sly. If we aren't careful and deliberate, he can find little ways in to infiltrate. One of the things, if you think right now, if you can think of someone in your life that you haven't forgiven yet, well, I tell you what, you've left your front door wide open, wide open for the enemy to come in and, and to make himself at home and to begin to destroy your home, to begin to try to work and destroy your life. If we talk about spiritual warfare, and realizing that the enemy's always looking for a path into our life, and he's really never gonna stop doing that. That's not anything that we should be afraid of, all right, because we serve and follow the exterminator above all exterminators, all right? And so when the enemy tries to come in and make a path into your life, it's really nothing we fear because it's Jesus who's protecting our home and our life but we are making sure that we're doing our part and our, our kind of due diligence to, to make sure that we're not leaving any gaps wide open like unforgiveness or bitterness or a habitual sin problem. We're not leaving avenues wide open for the enemy to infiltrate our life. There are circumstances that you're experiencing and that you've faced. Sometimes there's sicknesses that you're experiencing and sometimes there are struggles that you're experiencing that have a demonic spiritual cause. If you think about your house again, if you, know, you think about you, know, you get lights that are always flickering and you're like, oh, that's weird. Must be something wrong with the grid. There's nothing wrong with the grid. There's a nest of rats chewing through all your wires. All right, and you think through like, oh, it's just a problem with the light switch. No, it's a problem so it's a deeper problem. Sometimes what we are experiencing and we think it's just a problem, there's a spiritual problem. And I'll say this from the get-go and we'll talk about this more at the end. But we tend to immediately, when we think something is a spiritual problem, all of a sudden we jump to the conclusion that the problem's God. Why would we believe that? 
you believe that? It would be, you know, I hear things climbing in the walls. I, the lights are flickering. I, I smell pee everywhere. It must be the kids. They must be climbing into the walls at night and chewing through our wiring. Like, this is the conclusion we're jumping to when we think through the spiritual problems in our life are because of God. It's not because of God. And we'll talk about that more here in a minute. If you've got your Bibles, open up to Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to be in this chapter throughout this message. So once you turn there, stay there. Because we're going to look through a few different verses in this chapter to uh, help us to learn, to help us to understand, to help us to remove any fear that we might have, and, um, and then to just establish a strategy and a game plan leaving here. We're not leaving here the same. We're not leaving here with any fear that we may have had when we walked in, and we're not leaving here um, uh, just thinking like, well, we're in the Northeast, there's mice, there's nothing we can do. We are walking out of here, main ruler of our home. We're walking out of here protected by the Spirit of God. So Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 12, I have it here on the screen for you. It says, and Paul writing to the church in Ephesus says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. And we'll just kind of stop right there. And we've talked about this before. People are not our enemy. Your coworker, your neighbor, you, you, you know, uh, even people who, who hate Christians, they are not our enemy. They are, they are victims of our enemy. Our enemy, as we'll continue to read, is spiritual. It's not a flesh and blood enemy. But we're fighting against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. We're fighting against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in heavenly places. That scripture can be scary for people who watch a lot of horror movies. But it's not something to bring fear into a life of a believer, but just to bring an awareness. Just to bring an awareness. There is a battle in the unseen, which we win. There's a battle in the unseen, which is happening, and we should be aware of it happening. There's a battle of the unseen, and we aren't going to lose, and you don't have to lose today or tomorrow or the next day. It is one that is happening that we have, the, the, we serve the one who's a ruler over it. A couple of things about spiritual warfare. So I said it's the steady, relentless attempt of the enemy to infiltrate your life. And he does it like a Looney Tunes cartoon, all right, where he's knocking at your front door and he's bringing you gifts. Here are good things for you. Here is pleasure. Here is pride. Here is success. He, he's bringing good things to you to try to allow you, to try to get you to give it an invitation to move into your life. Only kind of after that does he do the bait and switch. Where then now when he's got you and he's over, kind of overtaken a part of your life, does he then at that point turn it for destruction? But he doesn't show up 
He doesn't show up showing you everything terrible. He shows up with good things. Things that even at first might seem like a, like a God thing. And uh, we, we need to be wise for that. Spiritual warfare is real. It is really happening. Unseen doesn't mean unreal. And so you're like, well, I've never seen it. I don't believe it. Pastor, I think you're bogus. I think you're full of it. You can believe that. I'm not gonna try to convince you. For those of you who wanna learn, let's teach. If you don't believe it, don't believe it. I'm not gonna try to convince you. I wanna help those who wanna grow. I wanna help those who wanna win. Spiritual warfare has real consequences. Peter Writing in, in his letter, he wrote this in verse, uh, chapter five, verse number eight. He said, stay alert, talking to Christians and believers. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. So he's, again, he's recognizing this. He's teaching this. Every, I don't, just don't believe in the devil. I don't believe that bad, I don't believe it. Yeah, I just don't believe that. All right, well, that's fine. Scripture here, Paul and Peter are teaching us, hey, if you're a believer, Pay attention, stay alert, watch out. There's an enemy, the devil. And here's what his mission is. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. This is real consequences. If we, we're not paying attention, if we're not staying alert, what happens? And maybe right now you can, you can think of someone that this happened to. Something in their life they begin to allow in. They begin to compromise. They begin to convince themselves that this is not a bad thing, this is a good thing. And you recognize that after three years, five years, 15 years, the enemy's infiltrated their life. And they're no longer serving, serving Jesus or following him. The primary tools that the enemy uses are lies, which we read about in Genesis chapter three and the temptation of Adam and Eve. We read about it in, in John chapter eight where Jesus is being tempted and with temptations, bringing things to us. Let me offer you this, and we're always, right, and we can oftentimes be faced with the temptation to believe what God has for us or to accept what the enemy is offering us. As we continue to read, I wanna read um, verses 10, 11, and 12 that I just read. Paul writes, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. A couple things for you to think about. The problem in your marriage is not your spouse. It's a spiritual problem. The problem in your finances is not your job. It's a spiritual problem. It is the enemy seeking to 
steal from you. The problem is not the government, it's not your neighbors, it's not your kids. There's an army with a mission of destroying God's work in this world, destroying God's work in your life. Now, it's far more organized than we realize. Go back to verse number 12. Um, Evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, they have a hierarchy, a leadership structure, commanders, and, and a servant. They are far more uh, uh, organized and they are far more strategic than we want to realize. But I tell you this part, and this is very, very important. They are far weaker than many people try to sensationalize. As I've grown up within church, people have given the devil and, and, and his demons, they have given him far more power than he actually has. They've given him far more credit. They have given him far more authority than he actually has. Yes, they are very, very organized, but they are not very powerful. Again, think of this illustration of the mice. It can wreak a lot of havoc in your life, but it can only overtake you if you decide to do nothing about it. You don't go, if you go home today and find signs of mice in your house, you don't like, hey, I need you to leave. And they're like, too bad, we're not leaving. Like, no, you have to. No, we're not gonna. And then they beat you up and tie you up. Like, mice can't do that to you. Listen, when the spirit of God is within you, I think New York York rats can, but, but not here. These mice can't. When the enemies, when we speak to the enemy, like, hey, you have no authority in my life. You have no position. You have no right. You can't do this to me or, or to my family. And they're like, no, yes, we can. No, scripture says, no, you can't. So we're not fearful. We're afraid we just do the maintenance that needs to be done. We just do the deliberate process of what scripture says, we stand firm. Now, here's what spiritual warfare isn't. Number one, it's not scary. It can be annoying, annoying, but it's not scary. Finding out there's mice that live in your airbox is not scary. It's annoying, but not scary. They're in your house, it's annoying, but it's not scary. One time, my friend, uh, they, had, they had gray squirrels that ate through the wall of their house into their attic. And when his mom was laying down at sleep at night, she heard a noise. And when she turned on the light, she could see the, um, see the teeth of the squirrel that ate through the ceiling. It was coming after her. <laughs> Ultimately, not scary. I mean, a little bizarre, but not scary. You just a victim. You just a victim. So it's um, Isaiah 41, verse number 10. The prophet Isaiah speaking the word of the Lord to us says, Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. I am with you. 
And sometimes people have experienced something very dramatic in a negative spiritual sense. Again, there's nothing for you to be afraid of when you have given your life to Jesus and you're a follower of Jesus. It is, it is not scary. For some of you, actually, I would almost say for every single one of you, now we're getting into Halloween season, this is kind of the one thing that as your pastor I could be dogmatic about, which means that it doesn't really say it in scripture. In fact, it doesn't say it in scripture, but I think that as a general principle of scripture, this is something you should do. We talk about Halloween season, we talk about horror movies, and haunted houses, not every haunted house is, is created equal, all right? Um, but, but think about horror, horror movies. As someone who's following Jesus, I don't think you should ever watch a, uh, a, a horror movie that's demonic. So that would be like, like The Exorcist or like Carrie. Uh, anything that is demonic. We don't participate or watch it. That's my opinion. I think that's a good thing for me to teach you. I don't think it's sin to watch it, but I think it's one of those areas where you're leaving holes open in your house and you're allowing the enemy to come in. One of the ways the enemy controls us is through fear. Fear, fear. When God tells you to do something, the enemy tries to bring fear against that because fear will keep you from doing what God wants you to do. So we don't purposely fill our lives with fear. Well, I like being afraid. Well, (laughs) stop wearing makeup. I like being afraid. Ride roller coasters. I mean, that's what I do. Ride roller coasters. I like being afraid. Go on a car ride with my mom. Hey, mom. <laughs> I know she's watching. She messaged me last week. It's great to hear you preach. She's not thinking that today. Um, having fun, feeling thrills. It's a lot different than surrounding ourselves with things that are demonically inspired. Why are movies that are demonically inspired, why are they so dangerous for us? And, and this, don't, it's because they're real. They are real. So we don't play around with that. Things like the Ouija board, things like seances, things like going to a palm reader, those things are real. Now you have the occasional just person who's just playing a game, but you, have, you do have some people who are, who, are, uh, who are in a spiritually dark place playing around with things they shouldn't play around. When, uh, uh, when Pastor John and I have traveled to Africa, they, you would go to Africa and you pass these little uh, I only remember one off the top of my head, but that's where the witch doctor lives. So he is someone who is deliberately, openly, openly interacting with demonic spirit. All right? These are things that are real. Again, nothing that's scary or anything that we need to be afraid of, but things that we're going to protect our house from. We're not going to let these little demonic mice 
infiltrate our attics or our cupboards. They're not eating my cereal. <laughs> no way. I think maybe I'm bringing this mouse thing too far, but <laughs> you get the point. Like, this guy really has got a problem with, with rodents. You're understanding, though, the scripture. Here's the other thing is uh, what spiritual warfare isn't. It isn't bleak. It's not bleak. It's not hopeless. Romans 8, 11 says, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead. I don't know if you've ever had a family member do this where they said, um, uh, I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm going to die. Don't worry. Um, I just, when I'm tired of that, I'm going to wake back up. All right, it'll probably be about three days. No, in fact, it will be three days. I'm going to wake back up. So, I don't know if you ever had a relative do that. I never have. But our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, did. Amen. It was just part of his plan. Hey, I'm going to die. That's part of the plan. I'm going to, because that's part of my plan to defeat the enemy and defeat his authority and his power. And so, because I die, we're going to have freedom from that. But then guess what? I'm going to raise up three days later because I'm just going to show you my authority over him. His greatest tool, death, can't even touch me. It cannot touch me. And, and it says here, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from, that, from the dead, that powerful spirit that raised him from the dead. <laughs> Wait, put that verse up for me. I don't want them to miss this. That same spirit that raised him from the dead. Look at this. 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 Lives in Am I afraid of, of an evil spiritual force? No. Because greater is he that is in me in a literal sense. Greater is he that is in me. Greater is the power in me than any dark power in this world. Anything. Anything. He is greater than goes on to say, just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you. Listen, connect back to the mouse. The enemy has the power of a mouse compared to the power of God within you. It's you versus a singular mouse. It's not scary. It's not bleak. It's not hopeless. If you feel like I've left doors open in my life, there's an infestation in my life. Good news is, they are not allowed to stay. The good news is, it's not as difficult to get rid of them as you might think. Last thing about what spiritual warfare isn't, it is not God's punishment to you. I think I hear this too often. Sometimes something bad happens, Again, I talked about this at the beginning. We equate it to God. If you literally have a mice, a mouse, a mice mouse infestation in your house, some people would say, I guess God wanted me to learn something from this. But sure, I'm sure there's something you could learn from it. Part of it is just, we live in the Northeast. It's wintertime. Mice are trying to find somewhere to live. It's not God infesting your house with mice. And if bad things are happening in your life, it's not God putting it there because if it were God putting these things in your life, we wouldn't be told three times in this scripture 
to stand firm. Why would God be telling us to stand firm? I'm trying to do something in your life by putting all these bad things in your life. Stand firm against it. Why would God be? No, God would be telling us instead to learn our lesson. I'm putting all these bad things in your life. Learn your lessons, so it will be over. It's not what he's saying. Stand firm. There's an enemy. There's evil powers. It's not flesh and blood problems. It's spiritual problems. Stand firm against those things. So what should we do? Verse number 13, this is a famous passage of scripture that um, I think too often we just equate to a Sunday school lesson or kids church lesson, uh, but it was not a lesson that Paul was writing for little kids, though it has application for them as well. It was, applica- it was he was writing it to us. So listen to this, realizing that this is connected, connected to spiritual warfare. Man, you guys can come up. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Told us to stand firm before the battle. Tells us to put on armor so you'll still be standing firm after the battle. Stand your ground. That's the third time. Putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Verse number 18, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. We could do an entire series on the armor of God, which we will do one day. But if you've got a right now media account, I mean, that's something that your small group can study right now to search that up. It's probably five or six dozen in there. Um, and, and so be in a circle, study that this semester um, and to learn what those things are. But it's deliberate, surrounding yourself with other believers, reading God's word daily, having faith in God, that he is good and he loves you and he protects you. And three things real quick. He says, stand firm, put on all of God's armor. And here's the kind of the takeaway for you this morning. Don't live with mice in your walls. Don't live with mice in your walls. Stand firm. If you've got mice in your house, you know, people could say like, it's an old farmhouse. There's nothing I could do. There's no way I could ever get rid of them. We live in the Northeast or my house is too old or whatever. Sometimes people even say like, these are my pets. (laughs) I could never hurt uh, disease infested peeing. These are my pets. And I think even sometimes people aren't standing firm against the devil because they kind of like it. Don't let that be you. Don't let them have a place at your table. Second thing he said, put on armor and uh, then you will be able to stand firm. This is not pagan superstition, all right? This is the word of God. To put your trust in this book, in the God of this book, in the son who is this book, to put your trust in Jesus. So when you're, if you're facing a spiritual problem, don't come to church and pray and then go to Hampton Beach and, and go to a, a tarot card reader and then 
burn incense in your home against a, a God from another religion and say, I'm gonna have all my bases covered. No, then you have no bases covered. If you try to put your trust in God and in something that's not God, you're not putting, putting your trust in God at all. At all. Put your trust in him. And then the last thing here, verse number 18, it says, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. So when we look at scripture, and even if we look at, at our, our, our church who tries to believe and practice all things found within scripture, we talk about Holy Spirit baptism and, and um, being baptized in the Holy Spirit and praying in other tongues. You think, what's the point of that? Right here, right here, verse number 18. This is a key point to that. So we're in a spiritual battle, this spiritual warfare. There's a spiritual mouse attack on, on your home and on your life. Pray in the spirit at all times on every occasion. This is like the traps on the outside of the house, the poison, the main coon cat that's keeping them from even ever getting inside your house. And so why don't we pray not to act super spiritual, but because spiritually, he is greater that's in me than any evil power in this world. It's a weapon that you can use, that God will give you. Again, if you don't have that weapon, it doesn't mean that you're doomed. Just pray for it. That God will add something else to your arsenal. Put on the armor. Every one of us can do that. And then if you've been filled with the Spirit, to pray continually, not just when you're at church, not just when there's a, a, a worship night, just not on a special occasion, but at all times. Protecting and guarding your home from a spiritual enemy. Will you stand up at every location? Stand up, close your eyes. Let's pray together. And then band at every location will lead us in, in worship. Man, Jesus, we just thank you that we can talk about things that some might, that might be scary to some, but it's not scary to us. But, but there's nothing to be afraid of because we're yours. There's nothing to be afraid of because you're with us. There's nothing to be afraid of because there's nothing that can overtake you. Because nothing can overtake you, there's nothing that can overtake us. I think about when Paul was writing this and he closed the chapter and he was telling us that as he wrote this letter, as he was preaching this message to us, he was in chains and a prisoner 